Welcome back to Throwing Hands. It's me, Jacob. It's Breck. But Daniel has returned from the shadow realm. Daniel, are you okay? Do you need food? Do you need water? Are, are you okay? Um, uh, I don't really know uh, exactly what has transpired over the last two months. Um, I just kind of woke up and I was back where I'm supposed to be. So uh, uh, in all seriousness, um, the world of world of high school basketball in West Virginia is very tricky when you are the only broadcaster for a school that broadcasts over 30 games a season. And uh, I've, I've spent the last couple of months uh, pretty busy with that. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to be back on the program because it's, it's very important uh, that I be here uh, because this is something I, I really enjoy doing. And Jacob, I don't know if you guys have talked about this, because I have been way behind on listening to the show as well while I've been gone. But I need to be able to congratulate you and Breck and I guess myself uh, in, in being named uh, U92's podcast of the year. That's regardless of, regardless of topic. We are student radio at West Virginia University's best podcast. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be able to say that. Yes, we are an award-winning podcast now. We are. We can say we that. We can say that. We can legally say that. But Breck, were you concerned about Daniel? You know, I was. I, I just, you, did you happen to meet like a Francis Ngannou before you, this incident happened? Like, was there some big heavyweight that you ran into? Like, what caused this shadow realm disappearance, you know? It's, I, it's, it's a mystery. It's a mystery even to myself. So it's, it's, it, the ordeal is over and I'm here and I'm happy to be here. So I think we can, I think we can leave it there. He lives. He lives. But we got some fights to talk about. Main card. Uh, shout out TJ Brown. Uh, what? Uh, whoever, whoever he fought. Um, I can't think of his name. Crap. Uh, Kai Kamaka. Kai Kamaka. Great fight. But anyway, and uh, also Ronda Marcos, you got robbed. But anyway, Marab Duvalashvili versus Cody Stamen. Marab got endless energy, man. I don't know what to say. This guy is nuts. I mean, this guy, 306 total strikes thrown in 15 minutes. This guy just doesn't stop, and I really don't know what to say about it. But we're going to start it off with you, Daniel. What were your thoughts on this one? It's really tough, like you said, to empty Duvalis Freely's gas tank. And you can see that with the volume of strikes that he threw over 200 and the fact that he still landed five out of 11 takedowns against Cody Stamen. These are two guys that are really trying to establish themselves. And I think this loss in particular – for Cody Stamen establishing himself as a legitimate contender moving forward is, is a pretty big blow. But Wallace Feely, uh, in every fight that I've seen him, I've come away extremely impressed. Uh, he's, like I said, got a ton of gas in the tank. Uh, he can go until you tell him to stop. And once, once he gets going, it's really difficult for someone not named Rob Wallace Feely 
to stop him from coming at you. And, and that's exactly what we saw in this fight when he just came after Cody Stamen for three rounds and dominated for three rounds, doing whatever he wanted, essentially, uh, when it came to volume. Wow, that sounded good. It's good to hear you talk about that again, Daniel. But, Breck, what were your thoughts, man? Hearing Daniel talks is probably a tear to my eye. Um, uh, this was a this was an awesome fight. Like uh, Cody's a great wrestler too, so the takedowns were super impressive, and some of the reversals that Cody had on the takedowns too were super impressive. But um, I love this morale guy, bro. He's uh, two fights ago is like when I discovered him, and and the fact that he trains out of Saralongo, lives on Long Island, I was like, this is my guy. So, I mean, he's a takedown machine, cardio machine. But yeah, like Daniel said, the striking was most shocking part because he usually just ragdolls people so the the improvements in the striking um you know you got to give a lot of credit to like ray longo and that and the team over there for improving his game but cody i mean he looked good i mean i know marab won and, and got the takedowns but don't take anything away from cody i mean he, he had moments where he flashed in this and landed some big shots very good point there breck he did look good at very good at some points but to the stacked division man i the fight I want to see is Marab versus Marais. I think Marais needs to find a way to get back in the win column after like three straight losses. And for Cody Stamen, uh, you know, if they didn't make that um, Sean O'Malley fight, I think that would have been the fight to make personally. And I, but I think Cheeto Vera would be a great fight right now. What do you think, Breck? I like uh, Cody Vera. Um, that'd be a good matchup. I, I love your shot with Marais versus uh demolish really because it would also be revenge if he could beat marais who landed that incredible switch kick on um the champion i know you don't like to hear that jacob the uh the champion aljermaine sterling paper champ daniel what do you think i can't disagree with the, the matches you made there they, they make a ton of sense and they really fit with i think what they're trying to do in that division dana white i'll take sean shelby's job anyway um sean strickland versus christoph jocko if I were in the middleweight division, Sean Strickland would be a nightmare matchup. He's long. He chooses his shots very well, it seems. Yes, he didn't land many, but it seems like every sh- strike has a purpose. And I mean, I think Christoph Jocko just simply got outclassed here. It was a beautiful performance by Sean Strickland. But, Breck, what do you think, man? Um, it was a slow fight, slow-paced fight. Um, even Strickland afterwards said he didn't put on the best performance, even though he did look pretty good out there. But, um. Jocko saw some success with that, um, I don't know, was it left hook, overhand left? I don't know, one of his uh, punches, but he just kept going back to it. Like, once he threw it once and hit Strickland, he kept trying to throw it, and then Strickland figured it out, and the fight was essentially over. Like, it was a very easy coasting victory for Strickland. And I kind of agree with you. This guy trains with uh, Marvin Vittori, and I think he deserves a step up in uh, competition. Daniel, what are your thoughts? Strickland's a tough customer, and the fact that he's been in the UFC, let's see, going back to 2014, and he's 23-3 and as a pro and isn't a top 15 guy, I think says a lot about the middleweight division, and I think it says a little bit also about the timing of his losses. He's won four in a row now. His last two have been against Brendan Allen and now Jotko, two guys that are are legitimate outside the top 15 guys uh, that aren't, aren't much to be messed with. And then, I mean, you're talking about Jotko. You're talking about a guy that was having the best stretch of his career since 2016 with three straight wins, including one against Eric Anders in his last fight almost a year ago now. 
this is a really, really impressive performance, I think, from Strickland. And he's only 30. Uh, like, like Breck said, he trains with some of the best. And there's a lot of room for him to go up at this point. I think Strickland is somebody to watch out for through 2021. Definitely. All right. To matchmaking. Uh, Jocko, I don't know where he goes from here. Um, I think um, Darren Stewart would be a good fight for him. I think, I think that's a great match to make. And for uh, Sean Strickland, why not Uriah Hall? I think that's a good fight to make as well. So, uh, Daniel, what do you think, man? I think Uriah Hall is an interesting matchup there. Uh, I think that's, that's one of the few, the few challenges moving forward that, that you could really see uh, for Sean Strickland. As, as far as maybe some other options uh, that, that with guys that aren't really taken up, I can't really – think of many I guess you I could see him uh, potentially uh, taking the loser of Edmund Shabazian and Jack Hermanson because I just don't think he's at the point where he would be ready for the winner of that fight Uh, that's that's the one that jumps off the page as well Uh, he would have to wait for a result for a couple of weeks for that but uh, for a guy that's on the rise like that I don't think that would be a problem it would be this would be a really convenient time for Edmund Shabazian to be available and be Sean Strickland's next opponent, and one of those guys could make a legitimate jump up the top ten. Uh, but Shabazian's tied up with Hermanson. I think we're going to have to wait for the result of that one uh, before we get something definitive up on what's next for Sean Strickland. Nice, I, I like that. Breck, do you have anything to add? No, I agree. I like both options. The lose, I, I agree. He's not ready for the winner. Like I think if he, I think Hermanson's gonna ragdoll Shabazian personally. But if um, if Strickland fought Hermanson, I wouldn't like Strickland's chances. So I like the loser. So I like a Shabazian matchup. And Uriah Hall does make sense. Uh, Eleven versus eight. But you just wonder if uh, Uriah Hall wants to step up in competition. That's a good point. You know, if Edmund Shabazian left Verdin, he'd be. Amazing. But anyway, Ion Kudalaba versus just Dustin Jacoby. Ion Kudalaba, great performance in the first round. He landed eight takedowns in the first round, which I think is insane. But, you know, if this dude could get his cardio under control, he'd be great. But Dustin Jacoby, man, he looked good. Picked his shots. Um, I think this was an overall good performance by both guys. But if they, they just need to find a way to... Uh, kind of concentrate their skills. It seems like, you know, Dustin Jacoby's a little hesitant t- sometimes, and sometimes Ion Kudalaba's not hesitant enough. Breck, what are your thoughts, man? Um, this was an interesting one. Like you said, the, the first round, eight takedowns or whatever was ridiculous. But um, uh, Kudalaba definitely seemed like he started to gas out towards the end of the second and third, and Jacoby was better. But um, uh, the... The story of this fight for me was like, did, did you really think it was a draw? Like, I, I don't know. I, I think there was a definitive winner in this. I mean, looking at the stats, you could say, oh, uh, you know, Jacoby landed 13 more significant strikes. But those nine takedowns for me, that's that's got to win you a fight. I think if it was uh, one round like they do in one. Like they scored it in one round. I think Kudalaba would have won. But since it's uh, a three-round fight and it's a must-scoring system – I think Kudu, uh, it was a draw because Kudalaba got 10-8 first round. And then I think Jacoby might have taken the last two rounds. I thought Kudalaba won the third personally. But, Daniel, what were your thoughts? I want to talk – this fight, uh, I don't really have much more to beyond uh, what Rex said. But what I really want to be able to talk about here is what you guys think about Ian Kudalaba and what he is moving forward. Like, 
with the with the stamina with all of that and and that whole situation I, I don't know if he fits at light heavyweight that's the only place he's ever fought in the UFC uh, but he only had two pro fights at light heavyweight uh, before coming to the UFC it was his first two pro fights then he moved up to heavyweight uh, for for several years before he started in the UFC in 2016 uh, with the the conditioning issues he's had I get it Size wise, in terms of frame, he fits a lot better at 205 because he's only got a 75 inch reach. He's six foot one, but he's a guy competed with the best of the best as far as the light heavyweight division goes. But he's never beat him. He's he's lost to Ankalaev twice. He's lost to Glover Teixeira. I know the Ankalaev stuff is weird, but he lost Ankalaev twice. That's what's going to go on the record. He lost to Cannoneer when he was up at 205. I, I like Kudalaba. I, I really like what he brings to the table. He's just extremely frustrating. And I'm, I'm wondering if he's kind of being put into a corner that doesn't really fit his skill set very well. I think you make a good point. I think he just needs to get his cardio under control, man. Because if, like, like, in the first round, Kudalaba dominated that fight and he just gassed himself out. If he can, you know, manage himself and his cardio better or maybe get better cardio... I think there's going to be a tough time stopping this dude. But, Breck, uh, what do you think on Dan- of Daniel's point? He would be a small heavyweight if he moved up. Yeah. Like, I, that, I don't that's like, the problem. I don't like his chances going up to heavyweight. Um, there's, too many big, there's, two guys, there's too many big guys up there. But, um, yeah, like Jacob said, if he could just, like, get his strength and conditioning under control and kind of, I don't know, stop some of the antics, like the pre-fight um, stuff, he's got a bad history with But, uh, <laughs> he's a pretty talented fighter. Like I think if he got with a really good, you know, we got to, we can't um, forget too. He's only 27. Like he's got, you know, potentially 10 more years in the game. So uh, I still think the future is somewhat bright for him. Rick, you're making me edit, man. Don't cuss. Ah. <laughs> I I, I think I said screw it to editing a couple of times. Just I'm like, I'll get back to that later. But anyway, hey, if you can edit that Justin James interview. You can edit anything. What are we talking about here? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was a nightmare. Listen, no, no. Sorry. A real nightmare was uh, what's his face. Comma worthy. That was a nightmare. Like 10 F bombs. No, he, he would literally put two cuss words one after the other. I'm not even joking. That's that's hilarious. Great interview. He was a lot of fun, but like, oh my gosh. I did not envy you coming away from that. Oh, that was terrible. But shout out Justin Janes, and uh, he's fighting next month. Hope he gets the win. Uh, Last fight on his contract, by the way. So he got to get the, he has to get the win here. All right. Not much to talk about here. Chikadze versus Cub Swanson. Giga kick for the win to Cub Swanson's liver. They fed Cub Swanson to a wood chipper, man. Uh, there was no chance he was getting out of that alive. Uh, what do you think, Daniel? I love Giga Chikadze. Uh, again, it's kind of like a Kilava fight where there's, in my opinion, not a whole lot to talk about with what actually went on and a lot more to talk about the guy that came away with the win. Uh, you're looking at a featherweight division that is is pretty good, but you're still looking for guys that are on their way up. And I think Chikadze is the guy for that. He's got really good reach for the division. He's got really good height for the division as well. And uh, with, with the way that he strikes, I think the sky's the limit. Back-to-back performance of the night bonuses for him. And this was a step up in competition for him. 
from the last couple of fights. I know Cub Swanson isn't really what he once was, but he's still uh, as, as experienced as it gets in, in that division. And uh, like I said, sky's the limit for Chikadze. He's, he's one of my favorites at 145. Breck? This was painful to watch. This was sad. I, I was rooting for Cub so so much in this fight. You know, after the last uh, a sun was it Sun Sal? No. Um, oh, what was the last guy Cub fought? Um, let me see. Out of Sun Daniel Pineda. Daniel Pineda. Um, I mean, he he kind of stole Daniel Pineda's thunder, and everybody was like, "Oh, Cub's back!" And yeah, like you said, Jacob, they kind of fed him to a young a younger guy who's just is so much faster. And I think Cub now kind of moves into that older veteran role like Jim Miller role Jim Miller Carlos Condit where he's not going to be fighting these type of guys anymore and he'll just fight guys like he'll fight like our guy ranked number 10 maybe in the future but he's not going to ever fight like a top five to nine guy anymore it's just I think Cubs day you know he's had his day and and it just showed what the uh how quickly Giga you know uh, dispatched of him guys hear me out Condit versus Nick Diaz that's the fight that's the fight, or or yeah. Nick or Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler because it happened twenty years ago. Dude, uh, either one, I think we we'd be happy. But for Giga, here's what I want to see: winner of Burgos versus um, Barboza. That's the fight I want to see. What about you guys? Ooh, that's a good shout. Um, he did call out. Um, and anyway, we called out Max, which was a little ridiculous. But he did call out Calvin Cater. But I don't know when we're going to see Cater. Uh, next I, year. I don't think he uh, might not even be back. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's true. He's still, yeah, I think he had concussion symptoms like a couple months ago. But um, He's still in concussion protocol. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But uh, a healthy Calvin Cater versus Giga would be a great fight. But Giga probably wants to fight in between that time. And that's a good, that's a good shout. Uh, Barbosa versus uh, what's his name? Um, Burgos. Burgos. Yeah, the winner of that. That'd be a good one. Daniel, what do you think, man? I can't add much to that. All right. To the main event of the evening. Woo! Breck, Breck and I watched this live on our YouTube channel. Check it out. Uh, just look up their own hands in the search box, but. Yuri Prohaska is a problem. I, I, I think that's the best way to describe him. There's no other way. I mean, the, the dude's a samurai. I mean, did you hear that scream? Breck, what'd you think? What, when you heard the scream, didn't you know he was going to win? Dude, he's like summoned some MMA deity. Like, that scream gave me chills. It was like movie type stuff where he's just, he's doing like a swim in a cold lake and gets out and screams to the curses at the gods. You're like, Oh man, this is a pro Dom Reyes is done. And Dom Reyes was in fact done. Like I thought Dom actually had a pretty decent performance. All things considered, like he, he wobbled him with the left uh, straight left the once. And then those up kicks almost knocked out uh, Yuri. But um, like you said to me before, Jacob, like Jerry, uh, Proska's cardio from being in Ryzen with the 10 minute rounds, like this guy is such a problem. Like the rest of the division should be terrified of this guy. And uh, Daniel, what do you think? Prosk is different, man. Like, like we, we talked about this, I think after the first time we fought, when he made his UFC debut by beating Volkan Ozdemir, which is not exactly a pushover by any means. And, and 
it, it's crazy. Uh, the, this guy was essentially the number one fighter outside the UFC for a reason, and it's because he's, like Breck said, got ridiculous cardio because he's fighting 10 rounds, and he's got power, he's got intensity, he's got everything that a champion in the UFC needs, and he's two fights in, and we've got updated rankings, and he's the number two contender in the light heavyweight division. And I get it that that's a division that had gotten kind of stagnant and was, was looking for contenders. But the fact that you can have a guy step in, fight twice, and impress somebody as stubborn as Dana White enough to where he's going to end up number two in the rankings, that's, that's real special. And, and I'm excited to see what's next. So let's talk about what's next for Reyes first. I think he needs to take a year off and just figure out who he is. Because I, I think him... Uh, thinking he, he beat John Jones gave him a false sense of confidence that he can he's the best in the world. And I think John Jones that night didn't necessarily train for Dom Reyes. He, it was like the same situation as Gustafson, just conditioned. That's how that's how I think it. That's how I think Jones went into that fight. Now, I think Reyes needs to take a step back and think. You know what? Let's figure it out because. He's not in a good place right now. Daniel, uh, what do you think for Reyes, man? Uh, book him against Thiago Santos and tell him to get over it. <laughs> All right, Breck? I kind of agree with you. Like, I think he switched camps, and I think he trains with his brothers now uh, predominantly. But he like, does. Yeah, I don't know if that was a great decision because, like, your brothers aren't going to – I mean, maybe they do. But, like, they're not going to bring the best out of you as a great, you know, team and, and coach would so if you're Reyes I think you're right Jacob take some time off and I would look into you know I think he's a, is he live in California like yeah like go there's so many great, MMA masters there we go there's so many great I mean I mean aka like there's so many great gyms and coaches that would make this guy because the thing that was really evident to me in the fight was like he had no game plan it was all just counter punching you know gets hurt and then just like backing up and throwing counters. Like there was no real, like you could see, you know, Jerry had like a flow about him. He, he knew what he was doing, but Reyes. Yeah. I, I think he needs to look to a new team. Before we move on, that was mostly sarcasm for me with, with the Santos comment, but in, in all actuality, if you're going to look for something for either one of those guys in 2021, uh, I mean, they're, they both lost three straight. They're both clinging to contender status. You get to December and you can put those two up against one another as a fight night main event. I think that would be be good for both of them and really a big motivator for them to try to figure things out for 2022. And it would still allow them both to, to kind of take some time off and recover and figure out what they're doing. That'd be a banger as well. But I think Berhaska should just wait for the – what'd you say? That's, it's surprising to me that they haven't fought before. Yeah, I can't believe they don't cross paths. But anyway, I think Baraska gets the next title shot. I don't care. I'm willing to wait. Why not push this guy to the top? Daniel, what do you think, man? Yeah, um, I think Alexander Rakic would have something to say about that. But it's it's a legitimate consideration. Uh, like I said, uh, Rakic would be the only other one that would make sense to me because he's coming off back-to-back wins. But even then, uh, the last loss... Uh, that, that Rockets took was the Ozdemir, who, like I said earlier, Prohaska beat in his UFC debut. So 
those are the two that I think are are in the conversation after Glover, and it's just a matter of if the UFC wants to line them up or if you want if they want to actually match those two up to create the next contender outright. Rec. I mean, the only thing about you know Jan's fighting Glover in September, I believe. So you just wonder, like, is Yuri going to want to wait? Because he's going to have to wait, what, like three more months after September, too, to get the title shot? And he, uh, historically, he fights like two to three times a year. So I wonder if he takes a fight, like uh, maybe an Anthony Smith. In the meantime, I think he dispatches Anthony Smith. But yeah, uh, I w- if you're him, I wouldn't want to fight Rakic because uh, that would be a number one contender. Sabat. But it does make a lot of sense for him to fight Rackets, but I think you're kind of right, Jacob. He should just sit because he's basically guaranteed a title shot. And I think Jan beats Glover, so then you have this, you know, Yuri versus Jan, neighboring countries have it over in uh, Poland. It just it would be awesome. Definitely. All right, to news. Um, if you didn't hear, Schriller's trying to sue 2 million people for uh, illegally taking the stream. Now, let me explain how piracy laws work in the United States. It is not illegal to view an illegal stream. It is illegal to distribute the illegal stream. So if you simply watched it for free, you're fine. But it is also illegal to pay through a third party for a stream. So if you paid, you might actually get charged. But if you just watch for free, you're all good. What's your thoughts on this, guys? We'll start with Breck. Come at me, Triller. Come at me. Um, (laughs) This is one of the funnier headlines I saw, like, that thing I sent you, Jacob, it's like Triller uh, CEOs finding out about VPNs. It's like, they can't do this. You know how much money it would cost to go after, like, yeah, it, w- it would cost like hundreds of million dollars to, to, to find out where all these people are and streaming because the people that host these websites too are extremely smart. They, they leave almost no digital footprint. So this is just, it doesn't, it doesn't even matter if you used a VPN or not because it's not illegal to view the stream. <laughs> it was a funny thing. Yeah. It's like, and they, they, they put out that thing. It's like, we'll give you the one time chance to pay the, the 15 month months, and then we'll charge you like 15 grand. You're like, okay, $150,000. You're like, Ooh, I'm so scared. Yeah. Find me trailer. But anyway, Daniel, what are your thoughts, man? I mean, you know, we know the law. It's not illegal if you watch it for free, but what's your thoughts, man? Yeah, I don't know what to, what, what to say to this. This is pretty stupid, uh, to be completely honest. Uh, to, to be upfront, I find it to be pointless and a waste of money and mostly media fear-mongering, which is becoming more and more rampant in, uh, in combat sports, which I don't love. And uh, I'm not a fan of this either. If you think about it, if the UFC can't do it, if other organizations can't do it, I don't think Triller is going to be able to do anything with it. And the reason the UFC doesn't go off, go out, out for the people who watch it because it's not illegal. (laughs) Yeah. um, Like I looked up some numbers after Breck said what he said about how much it's going to cost. The UFC uh, in terms of valuation, is worth about 11 times what Triller is. So I find it very hard to believe if the UFC doesn't have the money to go after people. Triller certainly doesn't. So, yeah, like you said, Daniel, it's just fear mongering. If you, if you, if you, they're going to get a few mil- millions of dollars from people who are like, oh my gosh, they're going to come. They're well, going to get. 
they're going to get money from the 13 year olds that think that the FBI is going to come knock their parents' doors down. No. And the funny thing is, it's perfectly legal if you watch it for free. Perfectly legal. But other news, um, our mascot, Yo Romero, uh, this is old, is down for the count. Um, uh, what I think the, the Connecticut State Athletic Commission dinged him on a pre, pre-fight medical exam. Daniel, the people's champ, our mascot, he's uh, our logo for, for heaven's sakes. Yeah. What do you make of this? It's not great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty broken up about it. Um, I don't really have a lot to say in that regard. It's, uh, it's, it's a tough scene. And, uh, you know, this was, you know, the expectation was this was going to be one of the last chances for us to see Pete Yoel. I mean, the guy's 44. I mean, we act like we, we talk about how much of a freak he is, but like at some point the end of the line is going to come and yeah, it's, it's, it's very concerning. Do you have any words to add to that? Yeah. Izzy, after he fought Izzy, Izzy said something was up with his eye. Like he could look when he looked into his eye, something was like visibly wrong. So he's just wondering, you know, the way he fights too and his age, it's just, yeah, it could be coming down to the wire. It's just, it's such a shame he couldn't have gotten into the sport when he's younger because I truly believe like a young UL Romero is probably the greatest heavy, uh, middleweight of all time. Like, his wrestling like he, he didn't even utilize his wrestling the last like five years of his career because of his you know neck fusion so imagine a young like 25 year old Yolo Romero in the UFC the guy would have been like just ragdolling everybody ankle picking people ankle picking everybody bro and that's that's the crazy thing that people don't realize like these spectacular knockouts of like you know Luke Rockhold like he was like 40 when he did that like it's crazy it's just um hopefully he can recover and we get to see you know a few fights for him i love you in bellator yeah uh, one more thing I, I want to bring up something else so jones and ganu uh jones left his management i think that's the best decision he's ever made because i think he will get if he goes with ali abdelaziz that's his name i think he will get a very nice number and i think and ganu jones happens i mean what do you guys think i think if he goes to ali i think he wants like I think the real number, what he wants, is like 15 million, um, plus some pay-per-view buys. That's like what the you know people think it is. But um, I think if you're right, if he goes to Ali, um, he'll get that number because I think his previous show was five million. So Ali got Khabib 10 million for the Gaethje fight. So 12.5, 15, Ali could get Jones that type of money. What you think, Daniel? Yeah, I don't, I don't have a whole lot to add to that. It's, I think it's in his best interest to, to, to look for another path. I think it's also in the UFC's best interest to book this fight. <laughs> Give it to us. It's too good. They can't, they can't rob. I don't want to see Derek Lewis. I want to see Derek Lewis and Ganu again, but we can wait. It can wait another year. I think it should happen next. And I think give Jones t- December to come into fully formed heavyweight John Jones. But he kind of already is. He's been training for what, like a year and a half? A year and a half. He looks huge, and he he's uh, his cardio looks better with his recent um workout videos. So. Better. It's his cardio was already fantastic. Yes, but even he said like his heavyweight cardio would get better. But um, that's scary. That is scary. So I 
I think this fight gets booked for like the end of summer, maybe early fall, like October-ish, maybe. Yeah. Did you guys see uh, Jones on the treadmill running at 20 plus miles an hour? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, That's he looks, terrifying. He looks, he looks great. Daniel, what do you think, man? It's scary. And actually that kind of segues into something I wanted to bring up with you guys before we got off. And I think if they were to do it, I don't know. I, I think personally, I don't think he would necessarily go for it. I think it would be something to make John Jones the face of. Did you see either of you guys see the, uh, the interview with Michael Bisping, the MMA junkie published today about weight cutting? Yes. I did not see that, but uh... um, he, uh, his, his, what he says, his solution for weight cut issues would be uh, everybody would move up a division. And then um, instead of moving light heavyweights or no, instead of making current light heavyweights fight with heavyweights, uh, UFC would institute a cruiserweight division at 220. Oh yeah. That'd be awesome. There should be more weight classes. Yeah. You could still have weight cutting if they just added more like a 160 pound champ or 105 or 120. Yeah. There's so many solutions. There should be more weight classes. Definitely. But, um, yeah, uh, I, I kind of agree with, I think a cruiser cruiserweight's been needed also super, super heavyweight. I feel like please, 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 please come on. We need the super heavyweight. We need the two eighty fivers. Come on. Let Lewis come in at like two ninety or something like that. Yes. That's what we need. That's what I want. Uh, one more thing before we go off. Are Derek you guys going to... Derek Lewis and Walt Harris just punching each other in the face for 12 seconds until somebody falls down. <laughs> uh, have any of you guys bought uh, Jessica I feet picks yet? Can't say that I have. Can't say that I plan to. Um, I Breck? Think, uh, no, but um, I think... <laughs> did you see? I think there's a GoFundMe now to, to get oh, them. No. I, think there's a, I think it's like halfway done too. I think it's like oh, I saw it on Twitter. It was like seven thousand. It was like halfway there already. I was like, oh god, it's six thousand oh for a fully nude pick. Like, no, I don't. I wouldn't. You'd have to pay me. <laughs> but so that I would was rather just watch. I'd rather just watch Valentina Shevchenko head kicker again. You know. Hey. Yeah. Can't deny that. I mean, I I can't I can't blame you. Oh, speaking of Shevchenko, I want to talk to you guys about this. Does the Amanda fight happen? It has to. Like, hmm. I don't know. That's, that's it has good. to. Like, I mean, Valentina's just shredding everybody at 125. Who are they going to put up against next? What, Lauren Murphy? Like, no. 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 But, um, yeah. <laughs> It's funny. There's like no, they're so good. They're like a class above the rest of their divisions. So there's like no fights for them. Yeah. Like I think I, here's when I, when it comes to the flyweight division, I think Andrade and then there's, uh, uh, no, there's Shevchenko uh, down at Pegas Andrade. And then there's everybody else. And then look at what Shevchenko did to Andrade. So uh, anything else you guys want to talk about? Nate Diaz pulled out of the – or not pulled oh. out of it because he yeah. – you know that's his first injury since two thousand since joining the UFC in 2004 that he's had to delay a fight or pull out that's a fight? That's amazing. 
That's amazing, considering how many guys pull out a fight. Made of rubber. Uh, his skin is made of uh, tissue paper, though. They're made. If they're made different in Stockton. <laughs> Stockton. <laughs> you playing touch butt in the park? <laughs> and this dude's playing touch butt in the park. <laughs> Dude, we need more. Na- Did you see that? Uh, oh, Colby. Uh, Usman's clearly ducking Colby Covington, and I think it's very obvious at this point. First off, uh, what's his face pulled out? Um, he wants to fight Kiesa, but Kiesa hasn't fought anybody in the top five. And Colby Covington, you know, if Mark Goddard had seen that it was a liver kick and not a nut kick, he would have won the fight. So this has to happen right now. 263, Covington versus Usman. This is what we all want to see. And yet, he's he wants Leon Edwards next, who hasn't really fought anybody in one and a half years. Now, Leon Edwards has had bad luck. I'll give him that. But let's be honest here, guys. Daniel, what do you think? Of, uh, it should be Colby Covington, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, that that makes considerably more sense than than anything else that's being thrown around, in my opinion. And Breck, what do you, what, what should happen, I man? Despise the idea of Usman facing Kie, so that fight would be over in thirty seconds. But um, <laughs> it's it, it seems it's it's obviously personal now. Like Usman's kind of like kind of like it's almost like he's trolling Colby at this point, and he wants to stay active. And Colby's just waiting for the title shot, but. I just wonder if it, it gets booked, but for a later date. I don't know if 263 really happens. You know? Marty Fake Newsman. Marty but, from Nebraska, yeah. But anyway, anything else? I got nothing. Where does, right. Kevin, where does Kevin Lee fit into all this? That's, what that's, very, that's, a, very, <laughs> that's a very good point. Where does, where does he always fits in? But anyway, we're off to go and play touch butt in the park. But Daniel, he, you are alive. I am. It, it's... I hope you don't go back into the shadow realm anytime soon. Uh, well, uh, this seems like as good a time as I need to tell you that I'm not going to be able to preview on Friday, but uh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I got to work. I he's going go to the shadow work. realm. No. If we, could, if we do it earlier, I, I, I'm there. What day? What day? Thursday is we'll, fine. We'll, we'll, we'll go Thursday. Breck, are yeah. you good for Thursday? Thursday is fine, yeah. All right. Daniel will remain out of the shadow realm for two straight episodes. This is, this is incredible. Breck, anything else you want to add? It's just, just we got to like, we got to like hire somebody to keep tabs on. Him Cause like, yeah, we had this theory that you were like, Jacob was like, I saw him in the flesh uh, last week. And I was like, no, that was just the clone that the shadow realm produced to make right. you think that he was back. But right, this is actually all a viral marketing campaign for the Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> Dude. People are hating on that movie. It wasn't that bad. It was an entertaining. It was an entertaining time. I don't know what people were expecting. Exactly. What were people expecting? I, I wanted to see gore and 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 just great fighting, and that's what I saw. All right, guys. Well, Daniel, welcome back, Breck. You've been back, but anyway, we'll see you guys for the preview of Fight Night: uh, Watterson versus Rodriguez. Deuces. <laughs>